Welcome to the Radical Christian Life with Doug and Paula. We're so excited as we discuss what it looks like to live the radical Christian life, following Jesus no matter the call, no matter the cost. Yeah, so let's get to it. Well, welcome back. And if you saw the title, we're talking rethinking forgiveness. And no, we're not rethinking it like Should <laughs> you we do shouldn't it or not? forgive. No, yeah, but, yeah. but we, we want... We, for us, we're dealing with some things. So we're working through forgiveness because if you listen to our series right before this, we're, I think we're going to drop this right after our series on resentment. Um, that, that was a good one for us of just checking our hearts. What like literally going into prayer closets, both of us, one separate times, Lord, search me, try me. Is there something inside of me, any wicked way in me? Does mm. it says that uh, David says there in Psalm 139 yeah. that, um, we want to be set free from. So we were talking, thinking about that. So we said, wow, why don't we do something on forgiveness afterwards? Mm. Then on top of that, as we were flying home from seeing one of our children uh, uh, in long flights, I started watching a f- very popular TV show everybody was telling me I wa- needed to watch. So I watched, started watching this series and I got sucked in. A brand new one. Yeah, sucked in. I don't know how long it's been out to be quite honest, but it, it's a very popular one that I've heard people talk about in the last couple of years. And I'm like, oh, now this wasn't Game of Thrones. <laughs> I remember when people talked about Game of Thrones. Now, this is going to convict some of our listeners. And so don't wreck or, you know, drop a pan or something when I talk about this. because We're holding you, the fence against Yeah, us. you watched yeah. uh, Game of Thrones all the way through. And so I remember somebody telling us about that. And so on the plane... They had the first seer, first season, or first, I don't know. They had the first episode, so I'm like, okay, I'll watch the Couple first of years episode. Ago. Yeah, yeah, I gotcha. And right in the middle of the, toward the end of the first episode, it, I don't know how far it went. All I know is it went from zero to 110 in my mind, hardcore porn. Right then, and I'm like, what? I'm scrambling for trying to turn off the, you know, the person next to me is like, oh, what's this pervert watching? You know, oh, which, which makes me think of would we watch what we watch if we knew that somebody was sitting next yeah, to us? Yeah, that's why we don't have a TV at our house. Well, you know, we have a monitor and we have Amazon Prime, so we can still watch bad things. Don't, don't yeah. say, I, watch them on but my that's computer. That's why I love watching I things on the plane. <laughs> I do watch movies on the plane because I know I'm not going to watch them when some guy's sitting next to me or some woman sitting next to me or worse, a kid's there like, mm. oh yeah, let's turn on a hardcore R movie and just watch it on the plane. So my kids, you know, but you know, we struggle with it. I struggle mm. with it. So I watch it and I cross lines. I shouldn't have watched it. And I, I don't want to sit here and make it funny. Mm. Okay. Make it funny. There was a gut wrenching moment when I got home going, what was a man of God doing watching something I don't care if it was popular. I don't care if people like it. And it was very entertaining, but I was being entertained by the things that put Christ on the cross, the things mm. I preach. And then I, the, here we are going to talk about forgiveness. And this was a couple of weeks ago, but um, I had to deal with it. Mm. I had to, and I had trouble accepting forgiveness in my heart. I knew it in my head. I know all the verses. I know first John one, nine, we'll talk about it in these verses, but so anyways, so what you're going to hear is as much autobiographical from mm. me, and, uh, and but it made me rethink forgiveness, because mm. I didn't need to forgive a person, okay? this When we think of forgiveness, you're like, somebody did something we against me, and I have- We always think it's a relational yeah. thing. But, well, it is. But we don't actually. think, of, we think about it, and I'll just give it a teaser for where we're going. Mm. We think about it more horizontally than we do vertic- vertically. Yeah. 
So let's get into it. Okay. Okay. Wow, let's that go. was heavy. There we go. Come on, lighten it up, some Paul. That is your job. I'm not really sure You're I the, can on yeah, that one because that one. I think we can all relate. Yeah. With that. So what do we mean when we talk about forgiveness? Yeah. Well, we always, 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 always start with the first act of the mind, which is understanding words. And so, like we did with the resentment, we're going to give you a little bit of a definition that we've looked up and, and tried to think through because, again, we're unless we are coming from the same place in our definition, we're going to be talking about two different things. So forgiveness um, is an act of forgiving or being forgiven. But what does it actually mean? Well, forgive in dictionary.com means to grant pardon or give up all claim or all remission of an offense, debt, obligation, etc. Basically, it means like to absolve somebody from something, right? Yeah. 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 But but we like this Oxford dictionary definition because it's simple <laughs> to give up resentment against or pardon. Yeah. Yeah. I, I pardon. Just look, I like that word. I like pardon. Yes. You Somebody owed a debt. Somebody had a payment to be made, and mm-hmm. you pardoned them. You, I'm not sure. I like to give up resentment because mm. I don't think God, when He forgives, gives up resentment. Mm. But I think He pardons. That's yeah. how I look at that. That's and, a, uh, that's that's a great point. Yeah, when you talked earlier about to give up all claims for or remission of a remission, He He removes it. Yeah. He gives it up. He yeah. gives up all. He could smack us down. He yeah. could knock us down. He could be resentful of yeah. us of the way we've actually treated him or treat him. But but if you say resentful, then that's, I don't know. I don't like that because. Yeah, you're right. He's not he's, resentful yeah. of us. Okay. I thought you were saying he was. Oh, no, <laughs> he no, no. Like, you're oh, like, ooh, no, uh, he, God is not yeah. resentful. That is yeah, not yeah, I was gonna say, that's one of his characteristics. sponging upon his character yeah. if you said that. So, yeah. but. We know he hates sin, and yeah. he has every right to take us out when we sin. And we also know that he's absolved us if we're believers, yeah. and he's pardoned us. Yeah. So we're going to start from that point. What about Hebrews ten twenty six? Off the top of my head, if we go on sinning willfully, mm. there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a terrifying expectation of judgment mm. and the fire of a fury, which will come upon the adversaries. Oh, wow! So, <laughs> and that's what I had to think. Was I just? Yeah. Because I could have turned it off and I felt this. Uh, turned what off? The, the, when I was watching the show. Oh, okay. I could have turned it off. So that's where I was dealing with the forgiveness of, you know, it wasn't like, oh. I, in other words, you had some level of conviction was in and you didn't yeah. act on it. Yeah. And so mm. that's why it was like, is there, yeah, anytime you mm. sin and you're serious about it, there should be a gut wrenching prayer, crying, tears. Yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, it's just. Shouldn't uh, be flippant. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I guess we could be accused of being overly serious in some things, but I I would say that sin is a pretty serious issue. You, th- you think that's the biggest problem in the church in America? That no, people are taking people sin are too, too serious? serious. No, yeah. they're, they're taking their judgmentalism too serious. If you want to go to those churches where they do like to talk about sin, they like to talk about everybody else's sin and mm. how bad the world is and those young people are doing this and I can't believe that, you know. The, it, that's it. Or you get into the happy mm. clappy churches. Where we don't even talk about sin and why right. convict anyone. Uh, there's the radical middle, right? Yeah. It always comes back to the radical but, middle. But I don't think the biggest problem is that most Christians that we're are serious about God. Yeah. Really? Or seriously. And about you, you our walk with him. Yeah. You read that word, you know, terrifying expectation, you know, <sighs> Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's keep moving forward. Yeah. Actually, one of my on disciples that. who listens to our podcast, shout out to you, because he actually wrote to me. He was struggling with that passage out of Hebrews ten twenty six, mm. and and saying, "Wait a minute, what about my walk with God and His forgiveness and that?" So mm. 
actually that was a while ago, but it just came to my mind. Huh. So th- thank you. We do have the radical podcast listeners, radical Christian life with Doug and Paula podcast listeners <laughs> who takes in serious and God mm. is pleased with that because yeah. he takes it serious because he wants us to be holy yeah. and set apart Yeah, is the reason because forgiveness is big, right? It is. It is. And we want to like tie this back into our last series of podcasts on resentment. You might think, wow, forgiveness probably should have come before resentment. And there is truth in that. But the thing is, why we're dealing with it now is because resentment builds up when we don't forgive. Yeah. So it's really important. We did talk about resentment. If you didn't listen to that, you should, because it's a good one. Um, But the, the whole point is now is that we don't want you to come to the point where you have to forgive because you've actually worked on the resentment part, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's so... Yeah, deal with it. But what happens if you haven't? Or what yeah. happens if you're still struggling? Well, in to- every psychology book that you will read, we'll talk about forgiveness. And not just psychology. I mean, when you read leadership things and different things like that, that mm-hmm. always comes out in some form. Because they're always worried about how you'll perform. Yep. How you're going to do. Well, this is holding you back from yep. your destiny. It, from all- Yep. And there's some truth to that. But, mm-hmm. but you know, we all, we, you know, we, we know the famous analogy. Yeah, you know. exactly. By... The one that kind of says, by not forgiving others, it's like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Yeah. In some form, a lot of different things say that. It ends up, you know, the one who resents suffers more than the one who is resented. I mean, we we get that, or we should get that. Yeah. And I bet if you listened in most churches and most podcasts on talks on forgiveness and that, that's what they're worried. They're worried about your horizontal... Yes. Making sure you're not holding offense somebody because it's holding you back. Yeah, or it's what it does you, to you, you. Yeah. Stra- you know, yeah. stress, like body, thought, yeah. sickness, yeah. all those things. Which is good. Those are the results yeah. that we but acknowledge. it's not the bottom line. No. Because no. really, ultimately, that is that is rather narcissistic. Yeah. Because then forgiveness becomes all about me. Yeah. Who hurt me? Who did I hurt? Or forgiving yeah. myself. And what do I you know, need to do that. so I can get better? Yeah. Which, well, that's not bad. We don't want no, to be sick. It but, isn't, yeah. But we need to think yeah. about when we sin, there's another person involved. Well, yeah. And and I think it's a big component that people have missed. Yeah. It, it really is the bottom line in what's missing when we talk about forgiveness. Because forgiveness must start and end with God. Like, it, it, it must. It has to. Because that it starts with God. And so we want to explore this just a little bit and, and take some time and talk through that. Because like we said, we get lots. In fact, I think we've done podcasts, yeah. excuse me, um, on this before is just um, the component of the forgiveness. But but we want to talk about the heart of it. It's because, so I, here I'm going off script. Okay. So I want to, we didn't even talk about this. Because this, we've been talking about this for the last couple of days mm. and before we recorded our couch, this. Our, our couch, couch talks, yes. And, and the coffee. car. And yeah, yeah. it got quite intense, actually. Yeah, yeah. Like, what about that? What about yeah. that? You but, don't hear that part yeah. of us. I said, that, I said that at the church the other day when I met a guy. And uh, I said to him, he, he said something about, I love your podcast. And I said, I said, oh, that's funny. My wife and I were just talking on the way to church about it. <laughs> we got a pretty heated discussion. I go, you don't, you don't get those fun parts no, of the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Not heated to fight, but we were just yeah, like debating. Yeah. Uh, Intense. I, yes. Yeah. yeah. I I didn't even bring up this verse. It just hit me right now. Psalm 51.4, where David talks. Mm. Now think about this. David just killed a man. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then he just took his wife who was pregnant and brought her into the house to marry her and take her, you know, and all that. Well, she wasn't pregnant at that point. He slept with her, then she was pregnant. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, sorry. The story of David and Bathsheba. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, And that you killed Uriah, 
Well, he slept, yeah, he committed adultery, committed murder, all these things, right? Yep. And yet in his prayer of repentance in Psalm 51, he says to God, against you, you only I have sinned, and yeah. then what is evil in your sight? Yeah. Whoa, 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 wait a second. Did you know that's like one of my favorite verses? Why would that be your favorite verse? <laughs> because... <laughs> <laughs> no, your face is so funny right now. Like, wow, Paul, I, was, I do. Because I, I recognize when I've walked through something, it, it actually offends the heart of God first. And then it is offensive to the person. Yeah. And yeah, and that's what we want to bring out. I mean, to a lot of people, that that's offensive. Mm-hmm. How could you say that, David? What what would Bathsheba, what's Bathsheba saying when she read that for the first time? Mm-hmm. You know, what 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 wasn't against me? Wasn't against my husband you sinned against? No, mm-hmm. David says, no, no, no. God first. Yeah. We're going to talk about God. It's yeah. you I've sinned. And I actually use that verse a lot in ministry because that's at, that at the heart of it is the issue. We actually, when we sin, we actually sin against God. Yeah. Yeah. So. I'm glad you brought that up. I hadn't thought about that one either, but yeah. So the bottom line, we were, you just said the bottom line and I'll just mm-hmm. reiterate it is that forgiveness starts and ends with God. And that's what we want to get across. That's why we want to rethink it because that's what we mean by vertical. Mm. When you have sin and you're thinking about forgiveness, even if you need to forgive somebody who sinned against you or you need to ask somebody's forgiveness and you're thinking of the horizontal relationship that somebody's done something to you, got resentment that's built up and you got to get rid of it. You got to think a vertical first. Mm-hmm. God, how is this affecting God? How is this affecting my relationship with him? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Absolutely. And I, th- I think a good one to springboard off of is, is in Mark 1, 4 with John the Baptist. And where John appeared, baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Yeah. Right? So Yeah. So go ahead. Read, read that, Mark 1, 4. I just did. <laughs> well, you, you didn't. I didn't, couldn't tell when you actually started reading when you oh. were just talking about how John the Baptist came. And- <laughs> okay. Quote. John appeared, baptizing in the wilderness, and proclaiming a baptism baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. So what we want to unquote. Talk, yeah. <laughs> what we want to talk about here is the heart of the gospel. Okay, it, yeah. it's forgiveness is is in the heart of the gospel. Mm-hmm. When John came, that's what he started preaching. He yes. was preaching a repentance. He for was the a forgiveness precursor of, sins. of Jesus. He was a precursor. Yeah. of he the was gospel setting people happening. up for receiving the Messiah. That's what he do. He's paving the way for Jesus. And how did he do that? For people to repent for the forgiveness of sins. Yeah. And that is so important. And then we have Jesus who comes on the scene. He gives his life. And then he goes and tells, he gives the Great Commission. Now, most people, when they think of the Great Commission, immediately think of Matthew 28, 18 through 20, which we right. talk about all the time, right? On this podcast, go in there, go, make disciples. Go, in the world, make disciples, yes. Well, yeah, it's where we get make disciples, we make disciples, baptizing and teaching. Mm-hmm. But in Luke's version of the Great Commission, when he gathers the disciples and and is talking to them, he says this in Luke 24, 46, and 47. Why don't you read it? Yeah. Do you trust me? Yeah. (laughs) This is the word of the Lord. So this is important. Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all the nations beginning from Jerusalem. This is what Jesus wants us to preach. He wants us to preach the repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Okay. Forgiveness of sins is so important in the gospel, right? Yes. Well, and then what do we have? We have Jesus then gave that commission. Then he goes, and then we have Peter in Acts chapter two. The Holy Spirit has just come, and the Holy Spirit has now 
empowered Peter to stand up and preach the first sermon mm. ever given post-resurrection in <laughs> Acts 2. And what does he say yeah. in verse 38? And Peter said to them, repent and each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Okay, there's so much in that verse. We have whole denominations that mm. come out and say you got to be baptized for salvation. There's others who it's got to be in Jesus' name only. And we we got all these denominations that form one from one verse. And you know what? We're not going to talk about that today. <laughs> yeah. I know you and I already talked about it. And yeah, I'm like, nope, not going to bring it up in the podcast. Yep, not going there. I don't want this to be a three-part yeah. podcast because we want you to focus we on forgiveness. We want you to focus on this, yes. But if that, you want to know, know more about that, then write us. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, but think about it. This is the first message preached, and forgiveness of sins is in the heart of it. Yeah. And not only that, here's something that blew me away, and I started digging in a little bit deeper. Now the first message that Peter gave to the Gentiles, you know the story in Acts 10 where Peter uh, is called to come to Cornelius, the Gentile uh, centurion, to come to his house and preach to his family at visions. I mean, God set this all up because he, God, that's what God's whole plan was to, for the gospel to start in Jerusalem, to go to Judea and Samaria to the uttermost parts of the earth. Acts one eight, the outline of the book of Acts. Mm-hmm. And here now it's going into the Gentile world. And the first sermon that's preached to the Gentiles by Peter, he says this in verse 38, no, 38. I didn't write down the reference there. Did I? Nope. Nope. <laughs> you gotta trust me. Ten forty three. That's what I think it is. To Jesus, all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in Him receives forgiveness of sins through His name. Mm. There it is. The first pe- message Peter preached had forgiveness. The first message Peter preached to the Gentiles had forgiveness. And if that isn't wild enough, the very first sermon that the apostle to the Gentiles, Paul. In Acts 13, after him and uh, Barnabas were commissioned, it says in Acts 13, in Paul's very first sermon, he says uh, in the church, this, he was preaching in the synagogue, synagogue in Antioch, he says, Let it be known to you, therefore, brothers, that through this man, Jesus, forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. Mm. The heart of the gospel is the forgiveness of sins. Mm. And if that's not enough, let, I'm going to let you do this. Why don't you do some rapid fire? Different. I mean, we've got Paul, we've got Hebrews, we've got John. Let's read some passages about what okay. they say about forgiveness. I'm just going to go fast. Ephesians 1, 7. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. Colossians 2, 13. And you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him having forgiven us all our trespasses. Hebrews 9.22, Indeed, under the law, almost everything is purified with blood, and without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. And 1 John 2.2, I am writing to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake. That's just the heart of the gospel. Mm -hmm. And in fact, that's well, why he came. Speaking of the gospel, what is the gospel? <laughs> if you listen to any of these podcasts, you know that. If this is your first time listening to the Radical Christian Life with Doug and Paula, we talk about the gospel all the mm-hmm. time. It's part of our calling. You can mm-hmm. go on our YouTube channel. You can write us. We can send you to our link to our website where you can download a free little copy of our Bible blueprint on what the gospel is. Mm-hmm. We talk about it all the time, but 
What is it, Paula? Yeah, 1 Corinthians 15. One through five is the whole bit. But if we had to pare it down and make it very simplistic, it's Christ died for our sins and was raised on the third day. Yep. Yes, we know he was buried. Yes, we know he appeared to others, and that's in that whole passage. But at the heart of it, Christ died for our sin, for our sins. Don't miss that. Yeah. Huge, 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 huge. For your sins, for my sins, and was raised on the third day. And there's no other way you can have forgiveness. There right. is no other name by which men shall be saved, Acts 4.12. It's Jesus. It's through. It you is. know what? We, we sing a little bit. I don't want to put down new songs because I've seen it sometimes. But, you know, the old hymns, if you, I always like the old hymns when they talk about the blood. Mm-hmm. You know, being washed by the blood, the yeah. blood of the lamb. And what can cost? What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the, the flow. flow. That. Okay, go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Young people don't even know these words. Mm. Oh, that breaks my heart, right? Mm. And uh, but, well, why is it so important? Uh, off the top of my head, Revelation twelve eleven. What does it say? And they overcame him. Talking about the evil one. By the blood of the lamb and the word of of their their testimony. And they did not love their life even to death. Yeah. That's how you can live that kind of radical life when you understand the blood of Jesus gives you the forgiveness of sins. Yes. And so that's the heart of the gospel. We talk about the three holidays of the gospel. First holiday, Christmas, where we celebrate the virgin birth because Jesus is not just a man. He's the Messiah, the son of the living God. We celebrate the holiday of Easter because that's the day he rose from the dead and Jesus is alive. That's part of the gospel. He was raised on the third day. It's that third holiday we love to talk about. Mm. Independence Day. Mm-hmm. He died for our sins. You have to be released from your sins. You have to be forgiven or you will not have a turn. You will not spend eternity with God. Mm-hmm. You will die in your sins and there's nothing worse, nothing worse, nothing worse than dying in your sins. Because that means you're eternally separated from God, which is hell. Mm. This is serious. So this is why we get serious about this. And this is why we worship with reckless abandon. We were singing today, you are worthy of it all in church. And, you know, our hands are raised. We are worshiping. Just, I don't jump up and down. I'm not you know, 25 worshiper. <laughs> I kind of move a little bit. Yeah, yeah. 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 I like the Jews. I rock back and forth, but I don't know <laughs> if that's because it's spiritual or just because I'm unsteady, but, I, but we work worship with reckless abandon because we get it. Yeah. We were dead in our sins and we've been washed clean. So it's serious, but the outcome is joyous. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So why do we love teaching this? What's one of the mm. key things? If you listen to a couple podcasts ago, well, actually, we've done it probably about three or four times, but we've been emphasizing this more and more lately. And I have in my own teachings and training of people answering the three questions that you should always ask when you're hearing or you're getting ready to teach someone or you're listening to teaching. Yeah. And this constitutes, constitutes actually good teaching. What do I do? Why should I do it? How do I do it? Yeah. So what do we do here? Well, are you, you, are you yeah. going on or am I? We forgive. <laughs> we forgive because we've been forgiven. Yeah. So what do I do? We understand the gospel. I forgive. Yeah. Forgive. We accept forgiveness and we give forgiveness. Yeah. Then why should we do it? Well, there's two main reasons. The first one, if, if nothing else, the first one is why you do it. Mm. Cause Jesus says, if we don't forgive others, he won't forgive us. Yeah. In fact, why, why don't we go that's, and read these passages? Cause this is, that's really radical for those of you who haven't heard this before. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's radical because we have to we have to stand in this to recognize that the words of Jesus were hard words sometimes right well and i when i listen to a lot of 
modern preaching, I hear a lot of qualifiers with this. Yeah. No, there's no qualifiers. No. Yes, you may have been abused. Yes, you may have been hurt. They may have done horrible things to you. Mm -hmm. They killed our Savior, and he was innocent. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's hard, but it doesn't mean you don't do it. Why? Because... Because of these two passages right here. Want to read them? Yeah, Matthew 6, 14 through 15. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your heavenly Father forgive your trespasses. And that's Jesus speaking. Yeah. And he Jesus also, is saying yeah, Let that. me read the other one. Because yeah. in Mark 11, when, right before this, Jesus gives the famous, if... Um, ask believing if you say to this mountain, be taken up and cast to the sea and do not doubt in your heart, but believe what he says will happen. It will be granted to you. And he's telling all these great things. But then right after that, in Mark eleven twenty five, he says, and whenever you stand praying, and, and he uses and, and. Yes. so there's a connector Connection. word there. Yes. So if you're not seeing answer to prayer, this could be a reason. And whenever you stand praying, forgive. If you have anything against anyone so that your father also who is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father who is in heaven forgive your transgressions. Wow. That's powerful. That's... Yeah. So that's why we do it. That's frightening. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> that's why it's frightening, because Jesus said it, and yeah. it's true. Yeah. Okay. But when you forgive others, that only shows that, but you, you've experienced it, okay? You've experienced forgiveness. Yeah. Because you can forgive others. Yeah. Okay? You can talk about it, but when you have the knowledge of what Jesus did, it should propel you to experience forgiveness mm-hmm. in your heart, which gives you, that's what springs out. And it gives least. you the ability yeah. to yeah. forgive, doesn't it? Yeah. and Because we can't do this on our own. Yeah. If we think that somebody can hurt us in the deepest places of perhaps our body, our mind, our soul, and we can forgive, that's only a work of yeah. the power of the Holy Spirit. Exactly. Yeah. And so that's the first reason for sure. Why, why do we forgive others? Because Jesus said we won't be forgiven if we don't. But yeah. there's a theological reason also. And this is what I like to talk about. We know that Jesus had a bad attitude against hypocrites, right? He did not do well with those Pharisees, <laughs> yeah. you, you whitewashed, whitewashed tombs, you, yeah. you know, brood of vipers full of dead man's bones. It <laughs> wasn't the wind, friends, and influence. He did not read Dale Carnegie's book before he preached that oh, sermon. Oh, but Jesus was loving. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> he was never punitive yeah. or... Oh, we yeah. just, yeah, we just listened to a heretical preacher talk about that. God, God was all love. He would never judge. <laughs> yeah. Um, read your... Well, anyways, I don't need to be snarky. <laughs> anyways, but also God hates lying. So these two things, we know God hates lying. It's in his seven things that God hates in Proverbs 6, 16 through 19. Number two is lying tongue. God mm. hates lying, right? All liars will be thrown into the lake of fire, Revelation 21, 8. If you're a liar, repent. God hates lying. Both of those things are not... Why? Because both of those things, lying and hypocrisy, are contrary to reality. Mm. When you lie, you're saying something that's not true. It's not part of reality. Mm-hmm. And when you're a hypocrite, you're not acting according to the reality of what you were saying. What you say. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But so, but to say you've experienced forgiveness, but won't forgive others is an indicator that you know nothing of what forgiveness means. You, you, you haven't experienced true forgiveness if you can't forgive others. Mm-hmm. Okay. And if you do forgive others without experience, true forgiveness, it's just superficial. It's narcissistic and it won't ultimately be, um, well, it won't ultimately bring what what happens when you see people who forgive. And I'm going to stop there because um, we're going to give an indicator after. I, I got all out of order on you, but you had a great point I wanted to make sure we bring up of how you can show if a person has 
forgiveness or not. We're not going to do it now. I'm going to keep it in order, but because um, if Jesus forgave his enemies, why don't you take over? Jesus yeah. forgave, because you were I mean, one who brought this up. I mean, part of it, you know, we say that we want to live as Jesus did or do what Jesus did, be like Jesus. We want to be like Jesus. You know, our little bracelets, what would Jesus do? Yeah. You know, but if you want to actually do what Jesus did, you have to live as Jesus did. And he forgave, like yeah. he did. And I mean, his weren't the... Um, the slights or the, oh, maybe I took offense to that or I heard that wrong or, wow, they said this about me or whatever. I mean, they actually came against him. They put him on a cross. Friends turned against him. And he was scourged, scourged for our transgressions. Yeah. So suffered great pain. And even even to the point of separation from the father for a period of time because he took on our sins, right? So this... Uh, I'm going to go, let's just, let's just condense this down. I think I don't want to make this a two part. So let's just condense it down a little bit and let's just summarize what Jesus says in a couple passages. One, uh, I'll read the Luke uh, 747. And why don't you talk just at the, maybe tell the story, but just read uh, the Matthew 1835. Mm. Just read that verse and that people can get the idea of it. But in Luke 747, Jesus, after talking about the woman who came in front of the Pharisees and was washing his feet with her tears and his, her hair, and the Pharisees were offended by that, Jesus says these words, Therefore I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But he who is forgiven little loves little. That's why that woman was so worshipful of Jesus. She knew he forgave her sins. Yeah. And that's why I'm going to say this. I'm I have little patience for my disciples, not talking about people in general, but people who want to learn from me and grow from me, and I'm helping them walk with Jesus, the radical Christian life, and they don't worship. They put their hands in their pocket, they're playing on their phone, and you must not love God very much if you can't worship him. Now, I mean, I'm not talking a one-off. I'm just talking, you know, their attitude of worship. Mm. And then, you know, if you understand what God has done, worship that expression of love, that's what worship is, is your expression of love and thankfulness and honoring the one who did this for you. Mm. That should come out. And I always, that's one of my judgmental things. I want to say judgmental. That's one of my tests, I guess I should say it that way, to see if somebody's like worthy of being a disciple, mm. is like how they react when I talk about worship or I talk about Jesus and I talk about following him. Yeah, or even do they become contrary yeah. about it yeah. you know that that thing of like yeah i'm gonna argue about that yeah but in matthew 18 just pulling us back um it, it was the it's the passage where jesus had talked about that you forgive 70 times seven and you know the kingdom is compared to the king who wished to settle accounts with his servants he settled with them and one he forgave one a huge amount and then that servant went back and demanded payment from somebody who actually owed him very little. Yeah, so a guy who got forgiven by the king for a million dollars got forgiven. Then he goes out and chokes a guy who owes him $10. Yeah, and verse 35 of that chapter of chapter 18 says, says, So my heavenly Father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. Yeah, and what is that? He was talking about putting that person in... That, so the story is the king throws the guy in jail and says, I will not let you out of jail until you've paid every last cent. And then he goes, and that's how God's going to treat you yeah. if you don't forgive others. Yeah. Whoa, 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 wait. You're supposed to be forgiving and loving God. You're Santa Claus. You're you're the giant teddy bear in the sky. Mm. No, 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 no. He's the king. And he forgave us. 
That's pretty amazing when you think about it. Yeah, that's why I can forgive others. That's mm-hmm. why, I mean, you kind of joke, uh, and I'm, a, I'm more of a duck. And people are like, well, how come he doesn't bother you? And I mean, we all have things. If you've, you heard our story before on this, I, I've had some church hurt. Everyone's got church hurt, right? Everyone's got a story. Oh, no, okay. In fact, you everybody's got, got family hurt. Everybody's got church hurt. You got mad at me the other day. We were telling this story about what happened in our past. And I got so intense, like, don't let If you ever meet somebody who complains about church hurt, bring them to me. I'll tell them what church hurt. Then just get over it. Just forgive. You don't hold the resentment. You don't. You don't. Yes. Because look what God has done for us. Yeah. I know I should be cast into the lake of fire. I know I deserve hell, but I'm not going there because of grace and the, through the blood of Jesus. So that's why I'm so passionate about this. So Yeah, and you, you should be. Can I, you want to go ahead and finish? I'm going to go ahead and, and I'll let you read it, but let me set the stage yep. for, because um, I actually was, I was reading, um, oh no, I can't, sorry. I'm all excited. <laughs> sorry, you can tell I get it. You I, are I, all okay. over the place today. But how can you tell if you're not forgiven? You were the one who brought this up and I thought it was brilliant. Well, if I'm not walking in peace, I've not forgiven. If it's still a part, if, if I'm still resentful about it, and if, you know, I feel like I've already forgiven, but I have I actually. If, it, if there's still a prick in your heart or a, you know, whatever that looks like, whatever you want to call it, when, when that person is thought of, then that means I'm not walking in peace and I haven't done it. So... so- I think I think that it's really important to think through is many people do not actually forgive others because they really have never experienced the forgiveness of their father in heaven or they haven't recognized yeah. how much their father has given to yeah, them. They may good. be a believer. Yeah, it's not good. that that we're not saying, oh yeah, you're not a Christian, mm-hmm. um, but they haven't had that experience of that. And when mm-hmm. I sit in that a little bit, and this is why we're so big on silence and solitude. When I can actually stop pointing the finger and think, wow, the finger points back at me. Like I put Christ on that cross. It was my sins. It's going to, or it should change my perspective on how I deal with others. Yeah. So yeah. Have you experienced the idea that you were a wretched sinner? You, I mean, the Puritans love to talk about that. They were wretched sinners mm. who received amazing grace. Yeah. Grace isn't amazing if you don't realize why you need it. Mm. But when you realize what you've done, and who you are, and what he did, and it didn't just cost Jesus his life, it cost him his agon- an agonizing death and separation from his father. When you think about what he, I'm not a big one on images of Jesus. I, I'm not an, I'm an iconoclast. I'd smash all icons. That's just <laughs> who, who I just, dangerous of images. Jesus was not, you know, a Swedish looking guy with blonde hair and all that. You know, these, I make jokes about it, but, but if there's one, one compromise I'll make, it's the passion of the Christ. And just now that, you know, I know people are already like, some people don't like it because there's, you might even not yeah, know what Catholicism we're talking about. In it, but a movie, but, Before, yeah. but to watch Jesus being beaten and, and abused in that spit upon and it's just, it's agonizing. It's agonizing. It I couldn't watch it a second time. I only watched it once and it was, but it just was so powerful yeah, because we have a cleaned up ver- but he did that vision us. of that. Normal. Yeah. So we could have forgiveness. Yeah. yeah and then, God. yeah. Um, so let, let's just end with this. Listeners, I, I just want to share this story. It's a little odd story. You'll have to kind of follow along. If you ever read C.S. Lewis, you, you can't read one of C.S. Lewis's paragraph without having to read it five <laughs> times. So, But I was, uh, I've been going through the book, Praying Like Monks and Living Like Fools by Tyler Staten. And he, it's, it's a good book. It's a modern book written in a modern way, but I, I'd semi-recommend it. 
But I found it. <laughs> but he, in one passage, he reminded me of the story from C.S. Lewis' book, The Voyage of the Dawn Treaders, where it's talking about Eustace. If you know the story of Eustace the boy, he's this little brat <laughs> that uh, um, I'm drawing a blank of uh, the other kids in, in the Lucy, Lucy, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, drawing, yeah. I'm drawing a blank now. But Eustace is the little brat boy, and and, <laughs> and all of a sudden he has this wild encounter. But he goes off on an island by himself, and he gets attacked. He gets transformed into this. He li- was rather a deceiver, wasn't he? Yeah. He was deceived, and he yeah, and he got deceiver. deceived by yeah the dragon, and he gets this dragon covering. And in the movies, they're pro- he's portrayed as a dragon, but in the book, it's more of like the skin that's over him, and he's trying to get out of it and trying to remove, not be a dragon covered in this anymore, and go back to being himself, and he can't, and 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 he's fighting it and fighting it, and one he just can't get it off of him, and he just falls exhausted, and as he's laying there, here comes Aslan. Aslan is on the move. <laughs> you know the stories of the Chronicles of Narnia by C.S. Lewis. If you Every, don't, it's a great read. Yeah, and read them to your kids. Many. Yeah. They and, have, uh, there's a number of them. Yeah, yeah. and uh, the line which in the wardrobes where it starts. But anyways, uh, I just said that so you know where to start with your yes. kids. <laughs> but Aslan, who represents Christ, comes. And then this is how the story reads in the book. Then Aslan the lion said, you will have to let me undress you, he says to Eustace. I was afraid of his claws, I can tell you, but I was pretty nearly desperate now, so I just lay flat down on my back to let him do it. The very first tear he made was so deep that I thought it had gone right into my heart, and when he began pulling the skin off, it hurt worse than anything I've ever felt. The only thing that made me able to bear it was just the pleasure of feeling the stuff peel off. You know, if you've ever picked a scab of a sore place, how that feels. It hurts like billy-o, and it was such fun to see it coming away. Well, he peeled the beastly stuff right off, just as I thought I'd done it myself the other three times, only they hadn't hurt. And there it was lying on the grass, only ever so much thicker and darker and more knobbly looking than the others had been. And there I was, as smooth and soft as a peeled switch and smaller than I had been. Then he caught hold of me. I didn't like that much, for I was very tender underneath now that I had no skin on. And he threw me into the water. It smarted like anything, but only for a moment. After that, it became perfectly delicious. And as soon as I started swimming and splashing, I found all the pain had gone from my arm. And then I saw why I had turned into a boy again. I love that. I love how it starts off. You will have to let me undress you. That is such a great line. Aslan needs to expose our sin to show us that we are where we're at, that we're dead in our trespasses and sins, or we're wearing a dragon skin and we are hopeless to get out of it. We can't do anything. We cannot undress ourselves. We have to let him do it. And that's it. We can do nothing but only willingly accept it. God is too, but God is too much of a gentleman to force it, but it's still his initiation. It's his work that removes the skin. And it's painful. It's painful to admit that you're messed up, mm-hmm. that you are separated from God because of your sins, that you need a new skin, that you need a new life. This is this is obviously us talking. I just get so passionate about this. And and I wrote this down. And, and with his claw, or truly with his blood, Jesus undresses us. And we become who we were created to be. And then we are thrown into the waters to swim. A great, that's such a great symbol of being washed by the Holy Spirit and becoming a new person. 
I love the end. We turn into a boy again. The joy of a child swimming in water is such a great picture of being born again and realizing who we are and the joy and experience of a new life in Christ. Wow. So when you think of forgiveness, remember that you should always look up first before looking at the person you need to forgive and the circumstances around the forgiveness. Look up. Look up. Look up, listeners, not around. And you will remember the forgiveness you have from the Father in Christ, and it's amazing. And you can truly live out Ephesians 4, 32, that says, Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ has also forgiven you. Thanks for listening to The Radical Christian Life with Doug and Paula. I think it's at this time we're supposed to do some pitch like hit the subscribe button or donate. But we just want to say, do what you want. We trust way more in the sovereignty of God than in the Christian industrial marketing complex. You just keep living radical for Jesus, and so will we. And let's watch how he blesses us all. We'll see you next time.